Hello and welcome to the Next Take Podcast, a podcast where we make an interesting take on films we've seen before and change them for better or worse. My name is George. And I'm Sonny. Hello, Sonny. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm getting by. I'm getting by. Um, yeah. oh, it's just it's just life in it. Yeah. Every day now I wake up and I the first thing that comes out of my mouth is just, oh, not again. <laughs> That's just no, old age. That's just old age. It is. It's horrible being old. 23 yeah. is such a horrible age to be. Yeah, um, imagine being 25. So, oh, don't. <laughs> what does APR mean? That's what you got to know when you're 25. You got to know stuff like that. Yeah, I still don't know. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows. I think they're all just pretending they do. <laughs> At heart, I'm still young, so I've got a few more years left to know what that means. Yeah, I mean, I've only got the backache of a 65 year old. It's fine. The rest yeah, of me is fine. I've got the knees of an 80 year old, so it's all good. Oh. Lovely. So if you don't mind 65 away from your 80, you get 15, which is perfectly fine. That's young enough. Yeah. So together still... we are a 15-year-old. Wait, hang on. <laughs> so on this podcast, we... Eat... Oh, hang on, I have to... my chair's super squeaky. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to sit on the floor real quick. Yeah. The grunts of a 23-year-old moving. I am. I am. I'm also incredibly <laughs> exhausted. So what we're going to do on this podcast is each week we're going to take a film each and in turn look at them in different ways. Week by week, we're going to have a different uh, theme and a way of tackling the films, just kind of breaking them down. So this week we thought we'd make start. The... So this week we thought, <laughs> I can't speak. We'll make a start so, in 2019. Anyway. A film from 2019 yeah. each, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you can speak and I can't. So good. Yeah, we're going to make a, yeah, we're going to take a film from 2019, uh, given 2020 was such a write-off. And just kind of give our take on what we like and put them into our time capsule box type thing. Yes. Thing, a metaphorical <laughs> box. So each year we're going to have, um, we're both going to take a film from that year, look at it retrospectively and kind of give our thoughts on it and hopefully come up with a list of our favorite films from each year, yeah. which is the goal. Um, and then next week's and the week after there'll be different themes which we will announce at the end of the episodes so oh, stay tuned the intrigue the intrigue yeah yeah leave them leave them on tender hooks keep that one so, so, on exactly thanks mum <laughs> so Sonny do you want to kick things off I would love to start us off today but uh so the film I'm talking about is a film we've both seen we watched it together and the only mm-hmm. thing I know you think about this film is that it's very long and that is Once Upon yes. a Time in Hollywood. Yes, my tiny little raccoon brain does not have the attention span for a film this long. <laughs> right, you said it to me about three times, and I, I remember once you just went to toilet, you came back, it's like, oh, this is so long. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, I have a bit of a question. I went out, right, to yeah. go to the loo. Well, I went to the loo anyway. While I was out, I checked up the, like, um, on IMDb, the parents' like guide, parents' like rating. Yeah to see what else happens in the film that I hadn't seen yet to work out how much left <laughs> there was of the film. And I still think it was only like just under halfway. And I was like, ah, oh. uh. <laughs> it was at the bit where he goes to the, the camp. Yeah. The, where he sees the, the old man and whatnot. Yeah. So I was like, at that point and I was like, Oh my God, there's still so much to happen. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the film, but there was no need for it to be that long. I remember there's one there's one specific bit where they're walking up the driveway, um, and it's like it doesn't cut like at all, and you think this doesn't need to be this long. Like you're just making it this long just to be facetious now. Well, it is, 
a Tarantino film, his latest one. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. How many you can get away with it? How many like Tarantino films have you seen? Uh, uh and yeah, included this one. Yeah, I mean, there's nine, I think. Okay, if you so including if, this, if you count Kill Bill as one. Okay, right. Okay, so if you include this one, then one. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three. I see. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Reservoir, this one. Okay, three. I feel like another one. one. But... I haven't seen Django. I've seen bits of Django. I've not seen it all the way through. Not Django, oh. Hateful Eight even. I've not seen any of Django. Oh, all right. Uh, bits of Hateful Eight. That's the only one I haven't seen. That and Death Proof, which no one cares about. But That's his first one, isn't it? No, that's, it's just like some random one he did with Robert Rodriguez, the Spy Kids guy. Oh, yeah, yeah no, that's it. what I'm thinking of. I've seen Dust Till Dawn, which I think he wrote, but he didn't direct. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he stars in as well. Yeah. Randomly, I don't know why. But... Yeah, I remember watching that. I can't remember where I watched that. We watched it at uni. uni. Yeah. It was uni, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. if it was there or sixth form. And I was like, it's one of the two. I know definitely a teacher showed it to me. <laughs> a teacher. Uh, growing up. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's Tarantino's latest film, last film, whatever you want to call it, with Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. And it's just about a faded TV star and his stunt double who are trying to keep their careers alive at the end of like, the golden age of Hollywood. Mm. Like, the, um, the cast in this film is actually uh, ridiculously good. Yeah. Uh, you just, you don't, they're not in it for long, but you see these people and like, I get that like, like, it's Tarantino, so people want to work for him. Exactly. Like, that's what I love about Tarantino and like, just some films in general where they just get the most obscure actor to be in it and you think what why are you why are you doing this but then it like works like i can't think of another example right now off the top of my head but i mean i like yeah i mean DiCaprio's and you know has done tarantino stuff before but like like brad pitt like what 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 <laughs> what do you mean brad pitt but i mean he's well, I mean, really I'm... good in this film he's the best bit of oh. this film yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. Like that—that's—that's that's what I love. Is like you know they take these, you know, these generic, in air quotes, like actors or like Hollywood actors and like action stars or comedy stars, whatever, and then put them in these more serious roles. And I always like love seeing that. Like Adam Sandler in—is it Funny People or Happy People? Oh, Funny People, yeah. But that's still yeah, by but... Judd Apatow, so. That... Yeah, but it's got that more kind of serious hit to it, and it's like I love seeing when they just take a grand. Uh, an actor and put him in a genre that's so outside their comfort zone as it is unreal yeah. well he's like known for that and anyway because he did it with like mm. Travolta for Pulp Fiction he does it like yeah, once I think, in like, everyone yeah and like I know like Nolan does it sometimes as well no he just does um, he just does it for Michael Caine to keep his career alive <laughs> yeah Nolan just uses <laughs> the same six actors Cillian and Murphy Tom Hardy Michael Caine yeah. there you go we're done and then others we're done. That's it. That's it. That's everyone in every uh, in every Nolan film. Um, yeah, I mean, it would, it would, yeah, it was a good film. I feel like I feel like I see it again, whether or not I've got the time or the patience to. <laughs> I don't I think do feel are. like the message was lost on me by that point. Yeah, it's not really. It's not really a story-driven film. It's about the 
two actors really, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's characters, just mm. trying to keep their career alive and it's more character driven than it is story driven. Yeah. Then even like the character driven, I don't I don't know what the the arc of these characters is, so to speak. I think it's uh DiCaprio trying to come to terms with that he's his his star power is no more. So he has to like take mm. lesser jobs. Yeah. And you know, he has to accept that. Yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know, it just seemed a bit odd. And then you've got the whole like Margot Robbie storyline running parallel with it, and I'm like, what I, I well she's not really a big part. I feel like she just gives you a break from it all. Like she just sets the tone of like when this is set. And like because she's an up and coming star, she's like in comparison so to him. So you're saying she's the equivalent of the rat from Ice Age? Uh, uh, <laughs> Trying to bury his his nut. She is that. Just a break in the story. Kind of, but more significant in the sense that she's <laughs> she's an up-and-coming star. So she's on the opposite side of what yeah. uh, Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio's characters are going through. Hmm. Yeah, I just yeah, I just remember it being a bit like again a bit dis- not disconjointed, but like you say, there's not really a story. So it's just events that happen. Yeah, and it's just a bit like I'm, you, you you feel like I I felt like I was constantly waiting for the the story to kick in, kick into gear and get going, and yet it never it never did. It never arrived or yeah, it kind yeah, of and like, nothing yes. really happened. Yeah, the story kind of sneaks up on you because no, if you think about it, if you've seen the film. Brad Pitt's character is kind of like that in real life. He's the leading man because he's a mm. man of action. He's a, he's almost, you see what he does in the film and you're like, this guy doesn't really care. He's the stronger of the two in yeah. terms of that personality and what he's dealing with. But you see Dica- DiCaprio is always like crying and like depressed throughout the whole film. Because, mm. yeah, there's that weird like is it, I don't know, it's like fantasy or flashback where it's like it lose that he kills his wife oh yeah, and, yeah. Like, it's left open-ended obviously so you can kind of interpret it and decide because that's quite interesting because you see him and you think oh yeah no he's a good guy he's a nice guy but then you also have that underlying thing like well did he kill his wife because he doesn't seem to really like you know he's not like remorseful or anything or he's not you know uh mourning her yeah, because they show it's just... like a clip, don't they? But it's not obvious hmm. if he, but it was intentional. Yeah, is it with a harpoon or something? Uh, was it a flare? Oh, it was something. He, they were on a boat, and yeah, it was on a boat, and it was like, oh yeah, she, but, yeah. So no one could ever like blame him for it. So <laughs> it's on international waters, so no one's got jurisdiction. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did like how his character was just like um, his uh, DiCaprio's like almost personal assistant. Like he just like, lives in his house and you know drives his car and yeah. does whatever he needs doing. They're but, best like, friends as well, so it's kind of mm. it, the dynamics really weird. Yeah, and it's quite nice seeing these kind of two veterans of real life Hollywood in this role. Yeah, they're like well. two like they're like the last two like big movie stars. Yeah, I was I was thinking this the other day, and I think other than The Rock, I really don't think there are, like there are like but, you you don't really sell a movie on its stars nowadays. Yeah, but he's like he's quite accessible. Like these two aren't really like because he's on social media a lot, but 
DiCaprio mm. and Pitt aren't really no, accessible. No. And like, you know, if you heard Brad Pitt was in a film, if you were like, oh, he's going to be in, I don't know, World War Z, if that hadn't have had a cinematic phrase and been the film it was, or if I didn't know about it, and you said Brad Pitt's in a film called World, World War Z, I'd have thought it was one of those ones you find on the Morrison's DVD counter. <laughs> Which is some of my favourite things to look at, and oh, I really want to go through and watch some of them one day. Yeah, like, we should do uh, an episode where we pick like a random B film. And yes, just tear it to shreds. Oh, yes, and because they're all about like military operations as well, aren't they? It's yeah. like Red Red Sky November. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> what the hell is this about? It's got like, Steven Seagal and like I don't know. Just some random guy, like it might be. It's sometimes yeah. it's a rap in a Steven Seagal film. It's like an old rapper who's like the yeah. sidekick. You know, it's like what, what, why? why? Sometimes First there's, not even a, there's, there's not even like a, a, rec- a recognizable name on the cover. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's Billy. It's Billy Mist. Like, the hell's Billy Mist? And you're trying to amp him up to be like the star. Right? He's just got a good face, and then like, that's it. That's all they're going for. Yeah, he's just and he's just a white man with a gun. Like that's all he is. Like, there's plenty of that out there. But the thing with Steven Seagal films, like, first of all, he can't act. Two, uh, no offense, but he's not like the best looking guy. He's not in shape. What is? What is? What are they trying to sell? He's also like, insane. Like he is clinically like mental. There's a there's a video where he meets Vladimir Putin, and I wish that I wish this was a bit. But like he meets him, and they have like the most awkward handshake ever, and like neither one of them really knows why they're meeting. Like, and Putin doesn't seem to have, like know who he is or what's going on. He's like, mm-hmm, what the hell? I feel like they have the same like personality where they think they're like, like the best thing since sliced bread, but, but no one yeah. really likes them. But Putin will kill a man with his own hands and make their family disappear, whereas Steven Seagal will try to do that and then slip on a burger bun on the way. <laughs> have you seen that video of him like doing a, a karate demonstration? Oh, <laughs> and it's clearly yeah, staged. Hmm. And, it's like what everyone can see, man. Like, like he he walked out like a UFC champion once to his fight, and he's like, "Yeah, he's he's taught me a lot. He's like my mentor." It's like, no, he's not. This guy, like, what? This guy can only teach you how to act badly. I don't see anything else. I remember there was a really famous Reddit um, thread of like. He did like an AMA, like Ask Me Anything. Yeah. Like to promote this film and everyone just tore him to bits in the in the like thread and was just like, Hey, is it true that you like I think someone like he he he, he shit himself or something and it's like it's bizarre. He's just a bizarre man with such a strange bizarre enough that, you know, we're talking about him now. <laughs> yeah, there's intrigue. There's intrigue into that mind. It's kind of like Jean Claude Van Damme, although he can't act. He had his time where no, mm. but he's a good looking guy, or he was. And he was like he was built like a movie star. Yeah. But then like what's I, I don't know I don't know what he's done since. Like Yeah. I mean the only film I think I've seen of his a little bit is Street Fighter. Yeah. And I saw him in Friends and that was about it. Oh yeah. But have you seen the end of Street Fighter where they do that weird pose at the end? No. And it freeze frames. Oh, you! It's the cheesiest, most nineties thing you've ever seen. Really? And he does the worst pose. 
like he's the main character. I can't remember the name, but the 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 pose he does is not a leading man pose. It's like if you. But let me see if I can find it. Hang on. Uh, what, 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 what mannequin? Uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. Because Kylie Minogue's in that film as well. And you. Kylie Minogue's in Street Fighter. What? How have I not seen this film? It's. It is like a, it's just a 90s. It's a B. It's a film that like we were talking. It's a B film, really. But just because it had John Claude Van Damme. Oh, it, it could be. It could be because that's their poses in the in the game. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen it? What is he doing? Is he the one doing the weird like M thing on his head? He's got. His, I think he's got his arms up, just doing something really weird. It's hard to this explain. This is the most nineties picture I've ever seen. And like, I watched the Power Rangers movie. Hard. Oh, no, we have to do a Power Rangers episode as well. Oh, definitely. One of the best films of my childhood, not of all time. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, yo. <laughs> um, oh, oh, now I've gone down a weird rabbit hole thing now. Uh, oh, no. But back to the film. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, the, it's got Al Pacino in it. It's got Damien Lewis, Luke Perry's last film, I think. Mm. Dakota Th- Fanning, Margaret Quayley, or have you say her name? Wait, Dakota Fanning's in it? Yeah, she's... The, oh, that's probably the bit where you went toilet in the film. <laughs> she lives in the the studio bit where Brad Pitt goes to see that old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's like his girlfriend or whatever. Right, yeah. I see. Uh, okay. That old man is played by Bruce Dern. Ooh. Emil Hirsch is in it. He's like Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie's boyfriend or whatever, even though she's married to Roman Polanski. It's yeah. so that's what like I like used to before like the casting clues. He just seems to get whoever because obviously who doesn't want to be in a Tarantino film? But he can literally just be like, yeah, I'm gonna feel like I know he really wants to do a Star Trek like a space esque thing. Yeah. I wish he did something original though for his last film. Mm. I really because I don't think him doing something else would do him justice. No, like I want yeah, but I love that he's done like pretty much every genre there is. Yeah. And I feel like sci-fi uh, he, is anyone he hasn't really touched on yet. Yeah, I'll get, yeah, the, yeah. He's done western drama, comedy, crime. Because well, this is kind of a comedy, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it's it's weird because it, like, like I was saying about it not having much of a story, it doesn't really have much of a like. It, it doesn't have much of a base. Yeah, either. yeah. Because it, it cuts between like films that like Rick Dalton, the main character, has done as well. So it's kind of just it is all over the place in a sense. But it is, and it's far too long to like be able to run under its own steam. Yeah, without a story. Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. Mm. It, I really like it though, to be fair. But it's even got um, Austin Butler. Who? Like, I yeah, he's like a Nickelodeon Disney channel. Guy. What's his name? Oscar. Austin Butler. Butler. Uh, I, I looked him up before, and he's just in like he's in. He was in a Wizards of Waverly Place episode. He's in Zoe One Hundred One. Zoe One Hundred One. Yeah, I think he was like the main like interest, not like, love interest. Oh, I do I recognize him. Yes. 
I recognise him from yeah, that one. I think he's going to play like Elvis in like a film with Tom Hanks. Yeah, it says here, Austin Butler cast as Elvis. Mm. So that's weird, huh? Yes. But you think like people, people like that, like Zendaya as well, like she's big now and she started on Disney Channel. Yeah, I didn't realise. You know that uh, bloody driver license song? That's like being played driving everywhere. Licenses. Yeah, it's on like TikTok and the radio. It's like everywhere at the minute. Yeah, oh, probably haven't heard it. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, she's a Disney Channel, uh, like Disney Channel person who's like now a proper like musician. But speaking of oh. Elvis, not really. But like that's the other thing this film does is it's got all these fictional characters, but then they do cross over with real life people. Yeah, like Bruce Lee's in this film, or he's not in the film, but he is in the film. And uh, like you said earlier, uh, like. Uh, Roman Polanski and like Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, yeah. And and I think uh, what's his name? Charles. The James Dean, I think, but it's played by Damien Lewis. Yeah, or someone else. Uh, or Steve McQueen, I think he plays. And you know, obviously Charles Manson's in it as well. Like it revolves around the Manson murders. Yeah. And it's bizarre that you've got like these real life people crossing over with these fictional characters but that's like what he does you know like he did it in in glorious bastards as well wait like, yeah. he yeah because it's during like world war Two, mm-hmm. and like he just makes up his own version of what he like what happens oh okay i don't want to give away like any spoilers because it's a really good film it's probably i would say i should know tell like, i have seen three. i have seen bits of Inglorious. In fact, I probably I feel like I've seen a lot of it. Like it's been on, but I was doing something else at the same time, so I was coming in and out of the room. It, that that's a film that I don't know how long it is, but it will keep your attention because hmm. it has a story. Like it's it's about trying to kill Hitler, basically. Yeah, because I've seen the bit at the end where they carve the thing in its forehead. Oh yeah, yeah. And the is it the, the I'm going to butcher this and get cancelled. Is it the Jew Bear or the 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 guy with the baseball bat? Oh, yeah. What's his name? He's a director. Um, I know. Oh, what is his name? Uh, I need. Yeah, I'm checking this as well. You'll probably get there first. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Uh. Glorious. Glorious. Here he. Oh, Eli Roth. Eli Roth. That's that's something. Yeah. It's just weird because him and because BJ BJ Novak's in this as well. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a weird casting because all he's known for is The Office. Well, funny um, you say that because I always know him from, um. Ah, Saving Mr. Banks, which is the film about. Uh, oh, they make the Mary Poppins. He plays one of the Sherman brothers, who are like known for doing like old school. I say old school musicals, like the well, they did the music for that and like, other stuff. But his brother is played by Jason Sudeikis. Oh, that, that, that's actually like they do look alike. Oh no, no, not Jason Sudeikis. Jason, who's the other famous Jason? Jason Sudeikis, Jason Manford, Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman. Jason yeah, Schwartzman. that's what I'm yeah, thinking of. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's got oh, that's why he's got long hair and thing. So yeah, I always end up getting Jason Schwartzman and Eli Roth confused because they're both in films with BJ BJ Novak. Yeah. <laughs> so I get everyone confused. I just get I just get all white guys confused, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's more acceptable coming from you saying that. Yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> you can't say it for obvious reasons because you know that would just be that would just be <laughs> wrong. I mean, it's disgusting, really. Isn't it? Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't really have much else to go on about this film. Well, I didn't have Mike Myers. Was it Doris Bastards? Who? Mike Myers. Oh, yeah, he plays a general? Yeah. Oh, he's an English general or uh... something. That cast is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now. Jesus. you got Brad Pitt again. Waltz, Eli Roth, as we've just discussed, Diane Kruger, Fassbender, Michael, uh, Daniel Brühl, Novak, like we've discussed, Michael Myers, some other people's names I'm not even going to try and pronounce. <laughs> A lot more people's names I'm not going to try and pronounce. And no one else I recognise. Oh, there's that uh, Leah Sadu. Leah Sadu. She's in like James, James Bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, there she is. The, fr- the French lady. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember her in the film, but. It says it on IMDb. Mm. But yeah, that's what I mean. There's just like so many weird people in Tarantino films. And again, to talk about once upon a time, I think this is like where it's really shown. Like he has the power to rope in Al Pacino for like a 10 minute cameo first thing. And that's it. Like, yeah. And then you'll never see that I mean, character again. <laughs> He's literally just in the beginning. Because it's in the bar, isn't it? Doesn't no... he tell him about like the spaghetti westerns or something? Yeah, about like new career opportunities in Italy or something. Mm. Then that's it. He's he's gone. But I think he, t- he turns up one more time, just watching one of his films. But that's it. Mm. I really see this film again because I, I I remember it, but again it was so long. I think I was like, <laughs> parts of my brain were just shutting down to like you know how a computer will like compromise its memory to like make it run faster. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my brain did that with it. So it was like, I don't need to remember this bit in particular. Just throw that away. But we got the general gist <laughs> of it here. It's, like... it's a good thing there's no story. Because then if you... But then I... Actually, it would have helped. It would have helped. For someone it? like me, who is, you know, fueled on nothing but processed sugar and, you know, and has the attention span of a fire. Bread. Yeah, <laughs> bread and skills. Like, yeah, I feel like a story would have helped just to kind of keep keep it in motion. But because it looked like it was just a play-by-play, it was like, well... Do, do I need to keep track of these characters? I think that's the other thing as well. With some, like I said, a lot of like, these kind of slow burner films and Tarantino stuff. It's like, do I need to keep track of this character? Are they going to be a major player? Oh, yeah. Or am I happy to forget them? Because I'll forget them and then they'll end up coming back in the finale. I think, well, hang on, what? Oh, I forgot who that is now. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, there's some films, there's there's like some Scorsese films or like The Godfather. I watch them and then I'm like, I need to have IMDb up whilst I'm watching this just so I'm, I can remember who's who. Yeah, I know. It's oh, it's a nightmare. So, yeah, it's always one of those difficult things, like those kind of films. Because I hate that I I can't follow them because it just makes it feel like like because I know everyone goes, "Well, you're not getting it." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I'm not getting it." You're a bad film student. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm the the worst film student because of that. I feel like we're in the same kind of bracket because like, we don't watch like those old like french new wave films or mm. 
watch Fellini films or yeah. Truffaut that I've never seen one. Mm. I'd, mainly because they're in black and white and I find those films boring. But. Yeah. I like, you know, I can, I can appreciate films like that. I'm not saying everything needs to be a massive CGI, like, you know, laser fest. But, <laughs> you know, the, 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 there's, a re- look, there's a reason those films make money. And it's because, you know, they're, they're easy yeah. to digest. And like, for someone like me, oh, this sounds so pretentious. Like, well, probably not pretentious, actually. The opposite pretentious, lazy. Like, see, seeing a film... <laughs> And like when you've got so such a huge catalogue of stuff to choose from now, and when you do watch from, I don't want to have to think about it and do like and have a, like an existential crisis and break it down. Which again shows that I'm a bad film student. But for those two hours I'm there, I just want to be, just, you know, I want to get the most bang for my buck. And if you've got a four-hour film about two old men in 1970s, 1960s, 70s Hollywood, like oh, I'm gonna. I'm not going to remember that as soon as I'm walking out again. Yeah, I, I think for me, I like being at like uni, like studying film. Like it's changed the way I look at film. Mm. Sorry, but you, like you do read into it more. Yeah, like that's what I feel like. That's helped me. But yeah, I get what you mean. There are some films that you just want to watch, and I just have it there. You don't really need to keep track of what's going on because it's very easy to tread out. Exactly. But I feel like I have that issue with films where as soon as I see it, I think it's great. Like my recency bias is on another level. I, I even thought The Justice League was a good film the first time I saw it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Which film was this or you cut out then? Uh, the Justice League. But I was like, oh, it's not bad. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. But then I watch it again, and I'm like, "No, this is no good." Even even watch it. I mean, I I have very strong opinions about Justice League and all Zack Snyder's DC works, but like, I feel again, that's that's the same kind of thing. It's like I find I find paying money for this. I want something that I'm going to enjoy and be entertained by, and not have to, you know, really. And it's, I don't want to say not think about because every film I think about, especially like. The Marvel stuff because I end up doing about you know four hours of research before and afterwards anyway, but I don't want to have to then be really critical and break it apart and have to do that. I don't mind. I like doing it, hence why we're doing this podcast. But I don't like that it's expected of me from the film. Like, oh, you're gonna have to interpret this thing yourself. No, yeah. just tell me what Kinda it is. Like, like every Christopher Nolan film ever made. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about Nolan. Like he's fine um <laughs> <laughs> that sounded with so much disdain in your voice he just uh, again uh, uh, again i'm not getting into it because he again he does suffer from those kind of things where it's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna leave this up to you to to figure out no that, that's your well, job. I feel like, like <laughs> it's good up to an extent yeah like i see like because like as well because we've like tried to write a script together like leaving stuff to the imagination it's more fun for the writer mm. to have that way that like, okay, I'll let you decide what you think's happening. Yeah, and it sounds so stupid. Like, yeah, obviously, I want people to, you know, I, w- I want to be able to have my own thoughts and ideas with these kind of things. But not to the extent where it's like, but yeah, but like, 
and people accuse you for for not getting it and you think i but i didn't get it like <laughs> what I, don't, I i i didn't get it i don't i don't know what the point of those last few hours were like just tell me a to b this is what happens and what happens on the way there yeah it's just it's just about taste though really mm. so if you're not invested in a film that makes like, art house films that nothing really happens but you have to dig into like the undertones of what they're saying or what you're seeing mm-hmm. then like we have a someone we went to uni with joe shout out nico oh yeah we can always just censor his name <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> yeah but he he loved all of like the experimental stuff i don't know how else to like describe those films but but that's his taste i wouldn't expect him to watch an avengers film no and i remember we were going because oh, well we, i can't remember what it was we were going to say there's a group of us i want to say it was uh dunkirk maybe oh yeah yeah and i think at the same time uh the lego batman film would come out <laughs> Which really, that just sounds like someone made that film purely for me. What words will get George Dursley? Like, okay, Lego, Batman, movie. Cool. There you go. As, as a child in an adult's yeah. body. That's, that's all they want. Thank you. And there's a TikTok <laughs> thing going around where it's like, you know, being an adult means I've got adult money, which means I can buy whatever I want, including this. And it's like, yeah, I can spend my adult money on whatever I want. On sweets. <laughs> yeah, and I remember saying to people like, on the weekend that like, we had a decision to go see Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's, you know, new film, The Masterclass, a tragic, like, an inspiring story of British soldiers in the war and the British people coming together. And it's a, it tells three stories all, all over the same period at different set intervals of time. And, you know, it's a really good, or Will Arnett animating a cartoon Lego Batman. And tell me which one of those made more money and seems a far more fun time. <laughs> I mean, I did have some yeah, I... time because I was with you, but. Oh, you're too kind. I mean, I didn't have a good time watching it because I, I drank a bottle of, of Coke whilst watching the film. And it's already tense as it is. I was having heart palpitations mm. most of love, <laughs> mostly through the film. Yeah. I, I was like, this is not good. I know. Cause I, I, yeah, because you, I remember I sat next to you and you were, I think, yeah, because you were like squirming and fidgeting. You didn't feel too good. And I forgot <laughs> my glasses. I only had sunglasses on me. Which are, which, oh yeah, you'd have to <laughs> sit there with sunglasses on in cinema, so I could see a hell, a hell of a thing what was going on, or I just saw a blurry mess. Like I was, you know, between a rock and a hard place. And I think that was the problem with that film when I saw it with you guys was because I was with friends. I wasn't in the right uh, attitude, I guess, to like take it in and, like you say, take it in and work on the film. Like you work on it as you watch it. Same thing with like Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I think because it was because I was noticing how long it was dragging on for. And I think we saw it quite late in the day. It, it's one. Of, it was again one of those things. I think I'm just. I'm. I, I'm not. I haven't got the focus of the, the attention to chew on this right now. Yeah, I don't think we ate before either, so that probably yeah, that probably didn't help. <laughs> bled into it. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, it's that kind of thing where I have. You know, I I don't have to work on this as I'm watching it. I'll do it afterwards, but like just. Give it to me first, yeah. and then you know. I don't know. I don't really. I, I'm a bad film critic, is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think many people thought it was that good of a film because it's not a typical Tarantino film. Because it's not. 
that much violence in it until like the climax. Mm. Oh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't really. Uh, it, it is different, and that's what he tries to do. He tries everything. Like, he wants every film to be its own unique thing. I'll give it like top. I, I actually love all of his films, apart from Django. Django is like his. It's not his best work. Yeah. It is, it's so, it's mid it's middle of the road in terms of like his whole filmography. Yeah, it is again and someone who hasn't seen all of them, obviously I can't speak too much, but I feel like you've seen the best ones. Like you've seen Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Mm. It's hard to top those two anyway. Yeah, and like what I love most about what I like about those other two Tarantino films, like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir, is they they've got something else going on them behind the story as well like reservoir dogs is set in the one location it's set in the warehouse like for the, for the bulk yeah. of it um which you know creates some really interesting story and actual filmmaking like challenges in you know some good story beats yeah i think same with films like that like it has to keep your attention because it's in one location so a lot has to happen in that location same with pulp fiction is done the story is told all over the place like events happen out of sequence again yeah. you know it gives you i feel like that's perfect for you yeah oh yeah i, I film all films should do it. Well, not all films but like slow slower films should do that because then it's again you're kind of puzzling it together and you you know it's something going on at the same time whereas when a film is just yeah. long for the sake of being long and not doing anything interesting with it what 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 yeah i, I yeah if you're not gonna <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> like it I mean, you could argue. Oh no, I would say it was. I say you could argue Pulp Fiction doesn't have a story, but it very much does have a story. Yeah, it, we you have to weave it together yourself. No, mm. like, you have to place where everything is. Yeah, but even the the Vincent and oh my god, his name's gone out of my head. Jules, Jules. that's it. Oh, I could not think. I, I was gonna say Vincent and Vega, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, I'm so tired. Um, like even their story when it's like presented as it is, it's still co- relatively cohesive. And it's like, oh, okay, so they got the briefcase, they shoot Marvin, clean it up, they go to the diner, bang, and like there's there's other stuff happens in between. But that is like, that's the story you're probably most attached. I mean, that's the most iconic story, isn't it? You know, yeah. they're, they're arguably the main characters. Yeah, I believe like that after it. Does a good job in even when they're talking about nothing, they keep you engaged because it's funny what they're mm. talking about. And like, even when he he shoots Marvin in the head, yeah. and the way he says it so casually, it gets me every time. It's like, oh, I just shot Marvin in the face. Like there's blood everywhere. Like you just literally killed a man, and there's almost no remorse. This is like an oh, I spilled something in your car. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and I mean that is Tarantino's saving graces. He does he does do dialogue extremely well and he does keep you engaging. And one last thing I'll say before we you know, keep going on is in, in glorious bastards. I know there's that famous scene where they're playing, uh, what is it? Is it when, the, is it when they're playing oh, poker the, or who am I? Or they're playing something. 21 questions, I think. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender's character mis- mispronounces um, a word in German, but it's like, Oh, I think no. He does the three. Like he asks for three, but he does the wrong like hand mm. signal. 
like uses the wrong fingers, the wrong three fingers. Yeah, I th- yeah, was it that? Yeah, I, I know that happened. I thought he did yeah. it again, like when he's trying to like cover himself. He does it again. He says a word that's like a different dialect depending on the region. So like oh, it's yeah, like it's like the Nazi guy. Yeah, so it's to... like called you know a spy saying, "Oh, I'll have a, a oh, I can't think of anything." Um, <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 I'll have, you know, I'm having sausages for tea rather than I'm having sausages for dinner, which technically mean the same thing, arguably, in this country. But depending on where yeah, you but are, some people... it means something else. Yeah, no, and I, if you go to the only example I could think of was Eng- oh, to... and I was like, I'm not using that. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you go to, I don't know, no, Sweden, because they speak English mm. there, but it's not their first language. So if you say oh, tea, they're not going to understand. I don't know what you're going to have sausages yeah, and tea. Think that's like your, mm-hmm. yeah, your, the drink. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so, you know, and like the, the fact that he can do that with dialogue, even in a foreign language and across multiple genres, I think does is a testament to Tarantino's ability as a, as a screenwriter and director. But his films don't need to be serious. Yeah. They are. He's just doing that just to wind me up now. <laughs> it's like, he he was like at the he was like peering around the doorway of the Lego Batman people were like ah oh, Lego Batman gets him going huh all right then I'm gonna do the opposite of that <laughs> like I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a shot people walking up a driveway for thirty seconds for absolutely no reason. That's one reason why I haven't seen the Hate for Late because it's three yeah. hours long. Well, though, on Netflix, that's the only on reason. Netflix, I think it was broken down into like almost like chapters, like episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I still can't do that as much as ever. As much of a long film it is, I still need to watch it all in one go. Well, it's like Zack Snyder's Justice League. Apparently, it's going to be four hours. Yeah, no, he's going to save the whole franchise. <sighs> Remember I that? Get, I think everyone's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Snyder cut. It's, it's going to be the response. Like, did, did you not see his other films? Like, Did you watch Superman, Batman versus Superman? Oh, my Superman? God. I don't, I don't want to go back to that. I, that. No. I think that's the only film where I'm like, this is boring. Like in my head, I'm watching it and I'm like, nothing's happening. In, in the cinema, I audibly, I audibly yell out, what the fuck? Which I've never done before. I, like, <laughs> I cheer barely. But... You heckled the yeah. screen. And it's the bit where, what was it? I think it's when he grabs the kryptonite spear or he dives in after it. And it's like, you you know that's the one thing you can't handle, right? Like, Was that near the end? Yeah, during the big doomsday fight. Oh, the Martha... Uh, yeah, just after that. Yeah, oh, no, okay. Superman, sorry, he dives in to get the spear to kill Doomsday because he's like, oh, I know that's going to stop him. But yeah. like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Send the other one. <laughs> Send the guy who, you know, he's, can't fight. He's Superman. Oh, I know, it's just oh, stupid. Although I do love Henry Cavill, isn't it? Um, do we want to carry on talking about my film? or Because we are 40 minutes in in the minute. <laughs> I mean, you can do. I mean, I feel like it's a bit harsh just to leave your one yeah. out. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, well, while we before we lose our minds talking more about Tarantino and Zack Snyder, why don't we shift gears and I'll quickly talk about my film from 2019, um, which probably couldn't be further away from a Tarantino slice of life about the it's... golden years of Hollywood. Um, mine takes place in a place... Mine takes place? Mine takes place <laughs> in, a, in a city called Rhyme City and it is the one and only Detective Pikachu directed by someone who's just gone out of my head someone less famous than Tarantino incredibly less famous oh it was Rob Letman mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you say that like everyone should have known. I mean, I know you should. Like, know, right, I've I mean, never heard of that. Okay, name. Well, if you type in Rob Letterman on Google, his first top five films are Detective Pikachu, Goosebumps from 2015, Gulliver's Travels from 2010, Monsters vs. Aliens, and Shark Tale. So, hmm. I mean, I've seen Monsters vs. Aliens. That's the only one I've seen. Monsters vs. Aliens is underratedly funny. Like, there's a lot of good lines in it. But yeah, so Detective Pikachu. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, I am a big Pokemon fan. Like, it's probably the thing I know most about. Like, pop culture. That or Marvel, bro. It's, it's close. But then the Marvel has like over 60 years of history, and Pokemon has 25, and there's still stuff I don't know about either. So, I'm just going to show how like, in depth they both are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but for me, I thought this was like the perfect way to do a live action Pokemon film. Like, t- taking a Japanese anime video game that like revolves around animals fighting like that's a hard challenge to translate to real life and they did yeah. it so well and it was done in because it wasn't following the set rule it was it was following the rules of the universe but not the rules of the established like, games and stuff uh, it set its own it made yeah, it it's... its own within like the rules basically is that what you mean yeah like for example like in the city they go to like no, no one keeps keeps Pokemon in Pokeballs and like the battles. There's they don't really do battles against each other, obviously because that's essentially just glorified dog fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so like you know those kind of things happen underground and like you know underground like raves and illegal battles and whatever. Oh, okay. So you know, they kind of get around things like that, but at the same time they follow established laws set out that have existed before. Do they have Pokeballs like, in this? I think they show up like twice. Are, d- are the other are, the, are the Pokemon in the Pokeballs still? Because that's kind of like no, no abuse as no, well. They all just well, that's it. Yeah, no, they're just roaming around, just like dogs and stuff. Like the idea is rather than have a team of say six like you would in the games or in the show, in here you just have like the one partner that just kind of sticks with you. Oh, okay, like yeah, and you just have the one with you, and. Um, but, you know, there's that other thing, like, you know, they established that Psyduck has psychic abilities it can't access until it's stressed, which, you know, it's notorious, like, from the cartoons, it's notorious. Psyduck always has, like, a headache and things like that. And there's there's little tiny bits that, like, you didn't need to include that, but, yeah, it makes the world feel more fleshed out and, like, you know, yeah, you, you made people. a rule there. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could have easily just had Psyduck being stupid because you made him have the headache. Like psychic that only someone like not someone like me but a fan would know yeah someone with you, the knowledge you, of you, yeah yeah you've boxed yourself in yet you've still managed to make it work for the story and there's a lot of little bits like that like when certain species of pokemon show up you think oh okay yeah so that's why so and so is happening i mean sometimes they're just glorified animals such so you know, monsters that can just do similar things like the buffalo one charges at the people and like you know it's essentially just a cow <laughs> It is done, and again, there's ways it's like you know, little drip feeds to the fans out there, and they're like, Oh, that's so and so. And there's references to places and games and cities that you know are just posters on the wall. But if you notice it, then it's a little yeah. at least rig for I feel like most for, like, yeah. films like that. That's what they depend on as well. Like, they like to like drop in little Easter eggs like Star Wars, Marvel, they even Pixar do that. Mm. Than dropping Easter eggs just yeah. for like the big fans. So. Oh yeah, <clears throat> sorry. 
but I mean, the most noticeable, well, no, the most notable moment was, I mean, I saw this with my girlfriend at the time and there's a bit where they, they're in this facility and they find this Torterra garden and Torterra is basically, it's a, it's a turtle with a, like, like a tree on its back. Yeah. And that in the artwork, and that's that's about it, really. You don't it's just <laughs> yeah, that, that's a grass. Is that what he does? It just have it grow streets. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's just yeah. That's his design. He's soil. That's it. No, <laughs> that's his power. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a soil turtle. He's a story soil. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, and <there's> like a, <laughs> they make a comment like, "Oh, like you know, they they've got advanced growth," and you think, "No, oh, they don't look that much bigger." And then they walk out into a forest, and then you realise that oh, obviously, the forest is the grown the the grown torteras, which yeah, it turns out to be true. And I don't know if that was just me catching that, and I sound really big-headed, but like that kind of setup was, you know, they go oh, this tank's empty. Uh, oh, I thought they'd be you know really big, but okay, fine, whatever. And then you know, as they're out in this forest outside, and you go oh, that's where the the extra large ones are they are the ground they're walking on and it's just oh, little bits yeah. like that and you think like, you know it, it didn't it need to it could have been really explained out for people but it didn't it wasn't i, th- I think that's what i mean it's not broken down like wait you mean torterra the garden pokemon that has like plant life on its back yeah oh, this is supposed to make them yeah. grow extra big. where are they like, it's not it's not that it's, it's not walking you through it just with like holding your hand the whole way through because i hate yeah I that's hate exactly that yeah and you know, someone who doesn't know might be able to infer it and go, oh, "Okay, I see what this is." Then, I think they do say, "Like, oh, hey, we've guess we found that garden," and like, as you get like the wide shot of them all waking up, that it's not broken down and handholded and treating you like an idiot. Yeah, it's letting you like <laughs> funny, ironically, given, you know, contradicting what I said earlier, it's letting you work it out for yourself and going, "Oh, okay, so that's what that is." Yeah, but you did say you're not, you're not really interested in that stuff. You're like deep into the history of Pokemon, so I guess. Well, you're yeah, you're in the, the opposite seat, really, aren't you? So, yeah, you can, you're you're allowed well, it, to already read into things. I oh, thank you. You give me permission. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, as you know, what's going on? That, yeah, that's it. But then, even like a layman's for the layman's, like you, you could probably put two and two together. Like it's not super difficult to figure out. They mentioned, you know, like like I said about the growth, the hormones, whatever it was. I don't know. <laughs> growth, growth hormones. Growth serum. <laughs> just taking some steroids. This... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, they mentioned, you know, growth serum in this garden, and then you go out into a forest, and the forest starts moving and waking up. So you always just go, ah, okay, I see what's happened here. Like, it's little bits like that. I guess it's kind it of weird, because it is a PG. So kids would be watching it, but I guess they're not really that focused on the uh, backstory. Making silly jokes, aren't they? You know? But I mean, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, um, fantastic casting. I think it, you know, it's it doesn't quite fall into that Deadpool zone of being too self-aware, which is nice. Like there is a few bits where yeah. you know he brings a certain that's just certain his brand, now, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not overdone, and it's done in a way that again works in the universe. Like he's not saying, "Isn't this ridiculous? I've done that. This has happened." But it's like I can do this, and like, yeah, because this is a wacky world, so those are the rules. Yeah, okay. No, he's it's not just self-aware, basically. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it's not to the point where it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the audience. It's like does he? They don't break the four four at all, do they? No, no, yeah. never. No, it happens within like the realms of the film. But like, the rest of the cast is is amazing. Like Justice Smith, the like the lead, he um the lead human character, I guess. And <laughs> um, Ken Watanabe is in this, which who again just fascinating. Ken Ken Watanabe. Oh, okay. He, I've got it up. I think he was oh, he's in, in he's in Inception. Oh, yeah, yeah, him. Okay, that's the only thing I've seen him in. Hmm. Uh, but he was in Batman Begins, which was done by oh. Mr. Nolan. Oh, he's the fake Raj Al Ghul. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, he's in quite, he's quite, in quite a lot. Of, I think he's in a lot of like, you know, like Japanese media and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he's in this. And also, the most surprising like piece of casting is Bill Nye, who just comes out of nowhere. Like he was in none of the promo material, and he just appears. And you think like, okay, this is Bill Nye. Yeah, Pokemon but he's film. been and then some... or... well, yeah, or you know, he's been in rom coms and things like that, and Children of the Dead. But to hear him go, yes, I've used the power to bring of the algorithm and all these <laughs> other like name dropping Pokemon. You think, what the hell? Like, what, 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 what has happened? He must have grandkids that are big fans. Oh, a hundred percent. It was like, oh, you've got to be in this film for us. Like, yeah, all right, fine. And oh, it's it's amazing because you know he has a very distinct voice as well. Like, you know, he kind of talks like <laughs> this. In the new. So when you hear him say like, oh, yes, it's his Pikachu, <laughs> and you think like, oh, the cadence is perfect, and you think like, oh, I love it. Like, so yeah, so he is yeah. Overall, it's just a fun film, and like it's 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 completely harmless. I mean, it's it's what you expect, but it. Is so up your street. I don't know. I, I always, yeah, and like as a Pokemon fan, I always felt it was risky when they're like, "Oh, we're going to do live action, a live action adaptation." Because you look at any other like animation live action film, like you know, you look at uh, the the Last Airbender or Dragon Ball Z Evolution or Street Fighter, like we were talking about earlier, and it's always like you you can't translate that over because because of the nature of it's over the top, yeah, cartoons animation yeah you've got to essentially condense a series worth into two hours or whatever you're going to do or you've got to condense a video game down into two hours which is a medium where your choices change things and yeah and it takes games like pokemon as well they take like months yeah exactly and you know no no two pokemon games are the same i mean they kind of can be if you do the same thing but like the the idea is you know well yeah but you know you and i can pick up the same game but we'll probably end up picking different different ones for our team and doing different bits and different orders and finding different stuff out especially the older games where it's like you know you get one or the other and that's it and once you've made your choice you can't go back and yeah so when they were like we're gonna make a film about it and you think "Uh huh i mean because detective pikachu was a was a video game first it was a spin-off and it was more of a story-driven, like, puzzle yeah. game. Um, for I think it was the, like, the, the DS or whatever. So, you know, it was already an established established mini spin-off franchise itself. But that, I think the way they've done this film is, you know, they've come at it from a different angle. And it's just the characters you recognise, but they are still being true to those characters and maintaining little elements that whilst box them in, keep everything consistent. Yeah, I get what you mean. Which is nice. Yeah, 
So that's why I think Detective Pikachu was the best film of 2019. And there wasn't another big, big film that came out that year. Nothing, nothing major <laughs> happened cinema that year. There's so many like big Box films. Wise. Like, just to yeah. No. Uh, I went, I yeah. think I like, calculated how many films I saw and it, or how many times I went to the cinema in 2019. And is it like 12? Mm. I mean, I saw like, Oof. I saw a couple of films twice, but. Yeah, hang on. Films released. Didn't see. Didn't see. Right. Didn't see. Didn't see. Saw about four times. What was that? Was that Avengers? Didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Saw twice. Didn't see. Didn't see. The Kim Possible movie came out. Why didn't anyone tell me? Because. Isn't that got like the Goldbergs kid in it? Uh. Don't he plays wrong. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know it was him. Yeah. Oh. Alison Hannigan. Who? Alison oh, Hannigan, yeah. as in Lily from How Met Your Mother. The Wonderful World of the Little Mermaid. What the hell is this? Oh, it's just a live show. Okay, hang on. Let's go back to that list. There's loads right. of films. Like, so... They they seem so far away. Us came out in 2019. Shazam. Mm. Uh, Toy Story 4. Jojo, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Was that 2019? Lego movie. Apparently. Spider-Man, Far From Home. Lion King. Yeah, Jumanji, The Next Level. Joker. It's not like the Hedgehog didn't come out in 2019, did it? No. I, it was I think Fury came out in 2020. Yeah, right. Oh, of course. I see, Brightburn I really wanted to see. Because that's essentially Superman, but instead of being good, he goes... Yeah. Has that got Elizabeth Banks in it? Uh, I th- think so. But I look like... Yeah. Elizabeth Banks and... That's about it. That's the names I recognise. <laughs> so Elizabeth And then, the, yeah, there's this, there was this small indie film called Avengers, which I don't... I don't know what that is. Um, never heard of it before. Oh, it is, right? <laughs> it was decent. Avatar's re-release in China could see James Cameron reclaim box office throne. I doubt it. That, that film is so overrated. I've never seen it all the way through, but so it's, it is the most generic, like paint by numbers yeah. film ever. It's like it was just because of the CGI. Like, That's the only reason people liked. But even then, it's not. I I, I can't see what is so incredible about it's it. It's because it's revolutionary no, in the way it was CGI. done. Like, it was a whole world. It was all CGI'd, basically. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like... Oh, it feels like I'm sure I've seen it before, but... What do I know? I mean, you know what's going to happen at the end, anyway. If you watch half the film... If you've watched Pocahontas, you know what happens <laughs> at the end. All that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was an interesting year for movies, at least, wasn't it? 2019. Yeah, and... And... 2020 was just as exciting by the looks of things. How many films did you watch last year uh, in the cinema? One, and it was Sonic the oh, Hedgehog. <laughs> I think I watched two. I think Birds of Prey and Parasite was the last film I saw. What? Birds of Prey and Parasite. Oh, Parasite. I mean, that's the only film. I usually like to get popcorn and stuff when I go to watch films. 
I couldn't because I'll be like, I can't let anything distract me from reading the subtitles. Uh, didn't Parasite end up winning the best picture, yeah. didn't it? I mean, I didn't watch all of the films that were up for it, but it deserved it. The one, or the one of one, it deserved it that I'd seen. Hmm. I know there was a lot of films I can't relate to that I feel like I didn't, I didn't give a fair chance to. Yeah, there, there was Knives because... Out and Marriage Story. They're good. Yeah, I mean, even Joker, I never got, I still haven't got around to seeing. Yeah, that's surprising because it's the Joker and you love comics. Yeah, but I don't think well, it's the type of film you would go to see. No, and like you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every film needs to just be a you know CGI action, heavy set piece, you know. But I don't, I don't know. Just something about Joker just didn't draw me in. It's it's basically based on two Martin Scorsese films, anyway. So that's what drew me in. I saw it. I was like, I've seen these like the two films as based on. So I need I'm 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 already drawn in. Yeah. Because isn't it like very like inspired by Taxi Driver? Yeah, Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, which is so underrated. I feel like you would like that film. Mm. It's like he's a, it's basically the main premise of Joker, where he he's a struggling comedian who just wants to get on like, the Tonight Show. Yeah, and he just keeps pestering Jerry Lewis's character, who's the host, mm. and he's like, he, oh, I yeah, like De Niro's so good, at it, he makes me laugh. I watched it recently for a little bit, but his his performance is so underrated. Do you remember the first film I ever saw with Robert De Niro in? It was Matthew Vaughan's Stardust, where he plays a camp cross-dressing pirate. Are you being serious? <laughs> Who harvests That is genuinely not a lie. I thought you were going to say Meet the Parents, because I think that's the first one I've seen. I have not even seen that. Yeah, I just never got around to it. But yeah, in Stardust, he plays a pirate captain of like a airship, like an actual airship, <laughs> and they harvest they harvest lightning and sell it to the the masses. And he's like, he gets these two young lovers, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you're a stowaway, <laughs> and she's the one everyone's looking for. I'm gonna keep her." And he like looks really tough in front of his crew, and the behind closed doors, he's like, "So." How did you meet? Would you like anything to drink? And he's basically imagine Robin Williams, but Robert De Niro acting as Robin Williams, like. And then he like he like gets all these dresses up for her. And then there's a really cool bit. I'm, I'm going to spoil Stardust now for some reason. For there's a bit where like people are looking for her, who is a star. It's a long story. They board the ship, and there's like this big action f- set piece with like, these pirates and these knights fighting. Set to like the can can, you know the da 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 da, and. It keeps cutting away to Robert Nero's character in his captain quarters wearing this pink dress with a feather boa dancing around whilst people are getting stabbed and like kicked in the head and stuff above him. And it's like, this is the man who was in Taxi Driver and he's flounding around in a dress on a pirate ship. Like That's, that's surely a film he's just like, you know what, I just want to have fun. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be the character <clears throat> yeah. actor. I don't want to be someone. I just want to have fun. I want to cross-dress at oh, the dance has- and that's all I want to do. He he has so much fun with the role. I recommend it, anyone to check out his scenes on YouTube. Like they're so good. Oh, I might have to see that now. You've intrigued me. Yeah, I do like Stardust. I mean, it's Matthew Vaughan, so you know, like it's already like. What did he do? It's going to be good. Uh, Kingsman, oh, okay. first class, X Men, first class. Kick did he do the second Kingsman? Yeah, 
which is what? Wait, no, there isn't a second Kingsman. I don't know what you're on about. Oh, yes, there is. No, no, no. There's no. There's only the one. Kingsman. I remember you talking no about second it. Once you saw the prequel coming out, yeah, you watched it next year. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, don't think I did. Don't, don't. I don't ever remember there being a, a sequel where the main character takes a girl to a festival and tries to get in her knickers, and you actually go or through them. And there's Elton John drop kicking a man. Oh God, what an awful film! That, it, you said it. It was two films in one, and I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, what I'm more annoyed about is that was, I because I love the first one and I was so hyped for the second one. I got posters, I got a badge, <laughs> I got like everything. Well, we all got that badge at like, uni, didn't we? Yeah, it was during the film yeah. slides. Like, hey, the cinema next door is giving stuff away. We're like, brilliant, we're going to go take loads <laughs> and give it away at Arsenal. And it was like, oh, what an awful film. Like, oh, although it does have Pedro Pascal in it, which is good. But just, oh, just isn't he like it definitely felt like the other. Oh, yeah, he's the statesman. Yeah, agent. Then the he, just, oh. that yeah that twist, so unnecessary. Oh. Oh. The more I think about it, the more I don't like it. <laughs> uh, there's so much you could do with that universe. Like, there must be a third one. I, right? I even oh, apart from the prequel. Well, they do. Yeah, I think they're they're going to do another another one, but I don't I don't know how they can now because they've changed stuff up so much. Just doesn't look like there's any kind of course correction they can do. Yeah, but they set like, Channing Tatum up to be in the film, and he's hot, not really in the film, just so he could be in the third one. Yeah, because he, he was set around the corner. And they're like, hey, buddy, do you want to come be in our film for like half an hour? He's like, yeah, sure, go on then. That has, that has a really good cast, so, though. It was. And like, I, I like the idea of it. Like, yeah, it works, but it didn't work for a second Kingsman. Oh, I, I don't have enough time to talk about this. We're going to have to save this for another episode. <laughs> I'm about to get into one. Shall we try and set up next week's episode? Yeah, all right. I've got to get your thingy up again. Hang on. Right, so next week we're going to do this little challenge where we set each other a, a, an existing title of a film and we have to come up with a new synopsis for it, pretty much. Like a new, A whole new idea for the film. Yep, only going off a short premise. Yeah. So now we're just going to give each other the original synopsis or premise of the film. And next week we'll reveal which ones they are. And then we'll have to come up with our new ideas for that title. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, I'll let you go first. I went first before. Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So my film tells a story of a young street dweller who falsely claims to have killed the son of a mob boss to advance his community standing, and he teams up with the mobster's other son to keep up the other facade. See, I I, I would try and guess, but I have no clue. <laughs> so, okay, I'll give it to you again. So we follow the story of a young... What did I say? Street young dweller? Street, yeah, young street dweller who falsely claims to have killed the son of a mob boss. I nearly said the name then. To advance <laughs> his community standing. He then teams up with the mobster's other son to keep up the facade. See, what, what's from your first night? Like, you go street with us, I think, Oliver. And then you go mob. Yeah. And I was like, I should know. Like, like, yeah. I love like gangster films, crime films, but I can't place it anywhere. Mm. I, yeah, I don't think of like street, urgent uh, street dweller. That's just, I'm just using that to replace because they name the character and actor oh, okay. in the synopsis. I'm using it as a base, so I just needed another word for it. Have you seen this film? 
Yes. I don't know if you've seen it. You may have. Is it, uh, there is one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, but don't. Is it Road to Perdition? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought I had it then. But... You're gonna you're gonna be so angry when you find out what it is. <laughs> all right. Do, do you want your one? Yeah. Hit me. Okay. A faded movie star and a neglected young woman form an unlikely bond after crossing paths in Tokyo. Um, I'm not Googling this, brother. I'm just writing this down. From an emotional bond, was it? From an emotional bond? Uh, it's unlikely bond. Uh, unlikely bond. But yeah, it's Sorry. like emotional in the film, yeah. Oh. Yeah, after crossing paths in Tokyo. Um, after crossing paths in Tokyo. I have absolutely zero idea what this could be. Like, not, not a Scoobies, what this is. I feel like the Tokyo thing would it does it opens itself up to different films, but I don't think you would know. Because it's not I mean, the first thing I'm going to is Akira. But I don't think that's right. No. No. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you didn't watch the animes. Mm. You know about cartoons. I watched Tom mm. and Jerry, that's it. Did you hear about the whole Tom and Jerry <laughs> Snyder thing that happened? No. People kind of go went to click on uh, on HBO Max, went to watch Tom and Jerry, the new one, and ended up playing um, the Snyder Cut Justice League. <laughs> like, they got the code wrong. So... <laughs> I read that like it leaked, but I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. People went to watch Tom and Jerry and end up getting the first hour and a half of Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. I mean, I'd be let down because I love Tom and Jerry. I don't know because it's like a weird live action. Oh, Toy Jerry. Oh, well, the actual, oh, the new film. Yeah. Oh, it no, but it's got uh, Chloe, whatever her face is. Mm. Yeah. Yes, Chloe, whatever her face. From Kick Ass and all that jazz. Mm. Yeah. So, do you want to take a stab at the film or the title? <sighs> I honestly, I have no, no idea. Hang on, was it a faded movie star? No, the young one from Africa past Tokyo. No, it couldn't be that. What were you going to say? I was going to say, is it the Wolverine? But it's not really uh, a movie star. Uh, is is that in? I don't think of the kind of films you've seen. It would be a film I've seen and you haven't. It, it's a character-driven film, so I don't think you would have seen it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> going off what we're talking about right now, like in this episode. Right, okay. I'm going to have to... I'm fine, I'm just going to have to go off this premise and come up with a pitch. So, yeah, next episode we both come back with our pitches and give it a go. Yeah, so I guess mm. should I wrap it up? Yeah, okay. Um, thank you for listening, everybody, for, to this first episode. Uh, you can... I'll do that again. Oh, wow. I'll keep it in. Uh, keeping it in. <laughs> yeah, you can all enjoy that. <laughs> you can fester in it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our first episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Please come back next week to hear the conclusion of these these uh, these pictures, pictures. we've each other. Yeah, you can find me on social medias. I'm at Geo Dursley. And, and Sunny, you, you can find me on Instagram at ssgill 
1996. That's all I have. Instagram, no Twitter, because it's the worst place on the internet. Oh, it but, is, <laughs> is horrible. He says with a tab of it open right now. But <laughs> but um, you wanna if you want more George George Dursley in your life, he does have another podcast with his friend Lewis. I do. Give him all the it's, details. Yeah, it's called the Average Initiative. It's uh, it's basically th- this. Only we talk about all the films I mentioned earlier. It's just mainly <laughs> superhero geeky stuff, really. Um, so if you want to check that out, you're more than welcome to. Um, but yeah, that's everywhere you can find me. Thank you for listening yeah. again. Oh, we should Please. have socials for this coming up soon once this comes up. Yes. Oh, once this episode's out, well, we should have them. Yes. So we all promote it across there and share it far and wide. Yeah. So yes, thank you for indeed. Listening. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.